Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. Oh God, on this day that we, we celebrate moms, and on this day that we, we come with a, a lot of different mixed emotions, we pray that you just continue to pour out your, your grace on us. Help us to experience your love in new ways. And then help us to turn around and share that love with others. So God, as we worship together and as we prepare to hear your word proclaimed, we pray that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. So we had a, uh, a week off, if you will, with uh, Reverend Dr. Duddigan uh, preaching of our First John series. And, and today we, we conclude that series as we take a look at the very last chapter of, of that, that letter. And, and what I want to challenge you to do is if you can't do it today or, or sometime this week, sit down and, and, and read all of, of 1 John. It's only five chapters long. It shouldn't take you that long to do it. Or if you're not really much of a, a reader person and you like to have it read to you, you know, you go to uh, the Bible app that's uh, out there. You can uh, hit a little play button and it can read it all for you. But just I, I want you to to take time to allow this letter from John to, to soak into your life so, so you can experience what we've been talking about over the past three weeks, how we are all children of God. We, 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 are, we are born into this world, and we are image bearers of, of who, who God is and the world around us. And that, that the gospel is, is so much more than just what, what Christ did for us on the cross. The gospel is something that leads us out to, to go and, and make disciples, that leads us out to, to go and, and love our neighbor, which is something that I think now in the world that we have today is something we need to learn even more on how to do this. And, and as we close this series together... I really want you to listen to these last six verses for today and hear how being made in the image of God and being a part of, of this gospel movement that is sharing Christ's love and grace to the world around us, how do we continue to, to adhere to that? How do we continue to put a stamp on that so that more and more people can experience God's love and grace. So our scripture for this morning is 1 John chapter 5, verses 1 through 6. And if you have your Bibles, I invite you to follow along with your Bibles, or we'll have the words printed up on the screen for you to follow as well. Hear the word of the Lord. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God. 
by loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is love for God, to keep his commands. And his commands are not burdensome, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the ones who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who testifies because the Spirit is the truth. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So if you were to to take that passage that we just listened to, what would you say was the most important word in that passage? What would you say was the most important word in that passage? Probably we would go with the the Sunday school answer that we we like to go to because we know that, you know, it's, it's right almost all the time, and that's Jesus. You know, I love the young disciples' time down here when Wanda asks a question and there's a, that moment of silence where the kids are like kind of figure out what to say and then one of them will pop up with, well, it has to be Jesus, right? Well, it is important, but I don't know if it's the most important word in this particular passage. Some would say God because God created everything. Well, how about the word love? We've talked about love a lot and, and that sacrificial love that we have through Jesus Christ. Or, or maybe even a, a newer word that, that was introduced in this passage, overcome. All of those are, are extremely important words and, and very words that we should, we should grasp a hold of and, and hold on to. But I, I believe that the most important word that we heard this morning in our passage is that, that very first word. That very first word, everyone. That's, that's you. That's, that's me. It, it's all of us. It, it's showing that not one single person has to be left out. Now, not one single person misses out on, on what it is that God has for each and every one of us, all we have to do is believe that Jesus is the Christ and born of God, and, and his love allows us, God's children, to love others. You know, it says to me, that, that through faith in Jesus Christ, there is more than enough room for everyone. John even gets to that a little bit uh, when he begins the, the gospel that he wrote. As we see this, this wonderful prelude in John chapter 1, going to verse 12 and 13, he writes, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, He gave the right to become children of God, who who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. 
See, see, we're, we're not born by, by the flesh or, or the blood that we have, but, but we are born because of the Spirit of God that is in us. And we have become children of God because of that adoption from God. You know, and I wish that that, that, that would just be it. I, I wish that we say we, we, we have been adopted a, as children of God, so life is just going to be awesome. And for the most part, life is awesome because of, of the gift that we have, but we know that we will always have a trouble-free, we will we'll never have, excuse me, a trouble-free life. I love the movie, What About Bob?, you may be familiar with that movie with Richard Dreyfuss and, and um, Bill Murray. And in that movie, uh, Bill Murray is, is uh, talking to somebody about that there's, there's two types of people in the world. I don't know if you remember this part of the movie or not. But the, the two types of people in the world, according to Bill Murray, is that there are people who, who like Neil Diamond and there are people that don't like Neil Diamond. But really, he wasn't that far from the truth. There are two kinds of people in the world. Those are those people who are facing trouble right now. And then there are people who are about to face some trouble. Trouble will always come, and trouble will come at those moments where it's not the most convenient time in our lives. Trouble has an ability to, to turn our lives upside down. But John is, is doing here by reminding everybody, going back to that very important word at the beginning of this passage, that everybody who, who calls on Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior can overcome those troubles. And that's because of the victory that Christ has over the grave. And I'm going to kind of end that thought right there because I'm going to get into that more next week as we, we celebrate the ascension of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But one of the things that, that Jesus reminds us in John chapter 16, he gives us these, these comforting words to remember. That Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me... You may have peace. See, sometimes we try so hard to find peace in so many different ways. We, 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 we try to find peace in, in, in things that, that are, are temporal, things that don't last. Jesus reminds us that in the world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. What great news is that? Well, what, what great news is that for us followers of Jesus Christ to know that when we call on him, the troubles that we have in our life, we can overcome those. Now, that doesn't mean that those, the stings of those troubles go away. But we all know that because Christ walks with us, because, because Christ loves us and, and cares for us, he is walking with us through those dark and difficult times. A few weeks ago, I had a conversation with somebody who was dying of cancer. And I uh, sat next to her chair. 
And as we sat and we talked, she looked at me and, and really asked those questions I think no pastor really wants to hear because it makes us really come face to face with what we're really talking about. And that question was, Pastor Chris, why did this happen to me? Why, why am I looking at life at this particular point of time, knowing that soon it will be over. I, I, I was a good person. Why didn't God take this away from me? And I sat there for a while, and I nodded my head, and I looked at her and I said, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I wish I had the answer for that. I, I wish that I could tell you that, that God is going to do what you want God to do. But one of the things that I know of has to do with this promise that we just heard from Jesus. In the world, we will have trouble. But we can move through these things and take heart because he has overcome the world. And, and then there's a promise that we have that, that I love going to in, in the, the, the last part of Romans chapter 8, reminding us that, that no matter what we go through in our lives, no matter pains, sufferings, trials, persecutions, no matter anything in the whole world, nothing can separate us from the love that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I hope it gave her comfort. I hope it gave her peace. I, I hope it is something that one of these days, if I have to struggle with that myself, it's something that I can rely on to know that, you know, it doesn't matter what happens to me here in the, the physical flesh, but because I call on Jesus, and because anyone who calls on the name of Jesus, he will give me what I need to overcome the trouble that I have. Finally, there's a question that may come. How do we know? How, how do we know all of this? John sums this up with the very last verse of our passage. Because the Spirit who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. I have been so turned off by, by TV shows right now. I, I will admit that uh, during my little time off, our middle son, Tim, got me hooked on this little show called The Circle that's on Netflix. Have you all seen this show or heard about this show? Oh, my word. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a social media show where, where these people move into this apartment and they either play their own selves or, or they make up their own identity. And, and they try to get people to make them influencers and stuff like that. You know, there's a lot of language in there, but, man, it made me laugh a lot. But, but it was finishing up after binging season two. A couple of women who, who really got at it in the middle of the very beginning of, of season two, they were talking about the war that they had with each other through the social media platform. And one of them said, 
well, you know, it was my truth, and I was just sharing my truth. And the other one said, honey, sometimes your own truth is false. And see, here, here's the problem. When we start thinking that we can identify ourselves what the truth is, we miss the mark. It's not, truth is not something that we can own, or, or truth is not something that I can say is happening. The only truth that we know is comes from the Spirit who testifies to us because the Spirit is truth. One of the things as your pastor that I am constantly in prayer over is that all that I do and all that I say is rooted in the truth that we receive from the Holy Spirit. I, I want to make sure that I'm not trying to, to build myself up or I'm not trying to make a name for, for who I am, I'm not even trying to make a name for our church, but I'm trying to, to lift up the name of Christ. And, and everything that I say and do is of God and that nothing that I say or do slants God's truth and allows people to live their lives how they want to do that. It is so easy, my friends, to put the world on blast and speak against, well, everything. We see that happening on social media and the news every day. But if we live with the Spirit as truth, I believe we as the people of God should be spending as much time or, or even more time proclaiming what it is that we are for than what we are against. Now, you may notice sometimes on our church's social media profile, or I'll even do it on my own uh, social media profile, I'll, I'll do a hashtag that says for Royce City. And the reason why I do that is because I want us to be a church that proclaims what God is doing in our community and not railing against anything and everything that is out there because, my friends, it is tiring to do so. It is tiring to, to be weighed down with a burden which honestly isn't our burden at all. It is so worrying out that when we try to make sure that we, we whack every single mole that is against what we believe, we find out that we are just get tired of whacking. But we can truly rest in the truth that is from our God. I recently heard a, a preacher by the name of Jeff Greenway give a devotion and he was talking about how do we let our, our lives live or, or flow in the truth that we receive from the Holy Spirit. And the very first thing that he said is that we must not resist the opportunity to reclaim our doctrine and practice. And what he means by that is that we have to, to make sure that we reclaim exactly what grace and truth is. Sometimes we want to live in a world where, where grace is all that we talk about or all that we feel, but grace without truth is just a license to do whatever we want. But then we can overcorrect and, and we make sure that we hammer on the truth, which only leaves legalism. 
that there, there's a balance, that, that we must live as a church to make sure that we have grace and truth side by side, working together to proclaim who God is. The second part is, is even more difficult, is that we need to do the hard work of forgiveness. Sometimes it's so easy to say words that just harm and cut and maim other people. And the way for, for me to be more specific that, that I kind of do with that is if I do something like that, I'll, I'll go and hide. I, I, I won't say anything else. I'll, I'll make sure that if I know that somebody's in the next room, I'll, I'll go around the other way so I don't have to, to confront them. But my friends, the, we are called to do the hard work of forgiveness. We, we are called to, to, to stand for God's truth and, and then allow the forgiveness that, that he is calling us to, to, to cultivate, to, to live through our lives. So when we actually do something or say something, we say, look, I am sorry. I overstepped a boundary there. And I pray that you forgive me. When we do that hard work of forgiveness, it then allows us to be deliberate in pursuing peace. Now, I grew up in a uh, family that had uh, two sets of cousins on, on my mom's side. There were the original cousins that we like to call ourselves, my older brother David, my cousin Michael, and me. I was, I was the baby of those three, and I still claim that because that means I can get away with a whole lot more than they can. And, and, and when we were growing up, we had some major knockdown, drag-out fights. I mean, they, 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 got, they were so bad, I, I, I could just list all of the different things that we would do to each other as we were growing up. But my mom and, and my, my cousin Michael's mom, they would handle things just a little differently. My, my Aunt Sharon, what she would do, she would, she would see that me, being the baby of the family, was getting picked on by my older brother and my cousin Michael, and, and she would wait. And she would wait until I got one good giant lick in, and then she would come in and, and stop everything. Because she wanted to make sure that I got something in because well, I, got, I got the punishment that I received from those other two. She thought that was fair. My mother would do something differently. As my brother and my cousin and myself are all running around the house chasing each other, screaming bloody murder and all the things we were going to do to one another, my mom would just yell, stop. And so we froze. And he said, come here. And so we would stand by your mom, and, by mom and, and she would place us side by side with each other. And then she would cross her arms. She says, okay. Now chase each other. We would kind of look at each other and go, well, well, well we can't because we're, we're standing right here. Is it okay? Now talk. What, what do you mean? Well, what's going on? See, she knew that allowing me to get one more lick in wasn't going to solve the problem. It, it felt good. Believe me, it was, sometimes it felt really good to be able to do that. But she knew that if we didn't stop and talk and understand what is going on, then we would not have true peace. 
we would not fully understand what was going on even in our little young kid brains that were going on right there. But, but she knew that if we had a moment to stop and breathe and rest, that we could then move forward together. You know, it's not easy to pick up weapons of war with each other. Sometimes it's easier to try to find something even bigger or, or, or badder or bolder to, to blast someone with. But that's not what the Spirit teaches us to do. The Spirit teaches us to, to fulfill the words that, that we hear on Communion Sundays as we come to the table from Isaiah 2.4, that they shall beat their swords into plowshares and, their, and spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. You know what the important thing is about beating our, our swords into plowshares and, and spears into to pruning hooks? It changes what we are about. That, that we are no longer about trying to win an argument or, or trying to force our way onto somebody else. What we are starting to do it's going from a warring standpoint into a planting standpoint. Going to a, 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 a standpoint that, that shows death and destruction into a mindset that allows us to plant, to grow, and to harvest the fruit that God has given us to hold on to. See, my friends, that is what the Spirit, is, in truth, is telling us to do, to allow everyone to be a part of that story, to, to share God's love and grace in a way that brings healing and wholeness, in a way that allows us to work in forgiveness, and in a way gives us a better opportunity to share our doctrine and our practice in a way that brings grace and truth together so that we all may have life. Let us pray. Oh God, we thank you even for these small letters, these letters that allow us to experience who you are to remind us that you are God and we are not. To help us to see that even when we face times of trial or trouble in our lives, you are there with us, guiding and comforting and, and leading us so that we may fill ourselves with your grace, that we may be become ones who exude your love and grace to the world around us. Guide us and lead us so that we may be faithful disciples of yours. And we pray this in the name of Jesus who loves us and cares for us. Amen.